Hello, wonderful people. Welcome to episode number four of Off Air, the news and pop podcast, where Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, pull apart the top three stories of the week in ways that we're not allowed to do on air in our real radio jobs. Uh, As always, Nick doesn't know the stories. We're going to connect with him in a second. But before we do, I thought I'd sneakily tell you what we're going to talk about this week. Story number one is Celeste Barber's $51 million and how it must go to the New South Wales Fire Services. We're going to dive into Roxy Jasenko, who's in the news this week for shaming a company for not paying her publicity company and the morals around that. And then lastly, Prime Minister Scott Morrison refusing to take a pay cut during COVID-19. Those are the topics. Nick doesn't know them. Let's get Tim, Nick, yeah. Let's with Nick and Tim. Tim. It's real talk. Yeah. It's real walk. This ain't gossip. It's just what we say when we're all here. It's real talk. It's real talk. Just two opinions. We spit what we say. We all here. It's real talk. It's true talk. It's two opinions. We spit what we say when we all And we're on. We're connected. Nick Stewart, Tim Rubin, Off Air, uh, the podcast where we pull apart our top three stories of the week. Hello, Nick. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm good. Um, we are connected for the first time. We're both at our homes. We're not actually stealing our work equipment and work studios. So um, this could be rockier than than usual, which is a real feat. I have faith. I mean, I'm doing very little different to what I have done the entire time. And I think it's just going to continue positively. Um, We've been growing, by the way. We're now available, uh, Apple, iTunes, podcasts, um, and just last night, I think we got accepted into iHeartRadio. So we're like, you can find us anywhere now, which is baffling. It's scary to think that I could ask my Alexa to play us and it will happen and seems wildly irresponsible on the behalf of all those organizations. But here we are. Um, yeah, so uh, you don't know any of the stories that we have ready for the week. Uh, should we jump into yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it. Story number one. Celeste Barber's $51 million ruled by the Supreme Court that it must go to New South Wales Fire Services. Nick, I feel sure that you've heard this story. What do you think? Uh, I have heard this story. I have really... Okay. At first, I had a lot of emotions. And even when it was going on, I was harassing my family and my friends uh, and my, my fiance jazz and saying, do not donate money to this charity. Do not, do not go down this route because I saw this happening from a mile away. Uh, And there's a very good reason. And people, and the other thing that annoys me about uh, this story and this situation is people really bag out and go hard after charities. And a lot of the time I can understand why, because when you're walking to the shops or you're going down the road and those people harass you uh, and they try to sign you up and, and put you on subscriptions to do things. Uh, yeah, it is annoying and it is nasty. And a lot of money does go uh, to administrative fees, but charities are still really useful for really good reasons because they have spent their whole lives knowing how to make sure that the right people get the right help. And this is a prime example of people that don't have that knowledge uh, absolutely cocking it up and now yeah. the right people can't get the right help. And and it, and I, I'd love to say that I'm annoyed at Celeste Barber, I'm annoyed at this and I'm annoyed at that, but I'm not actually. I'm annoyed at all of us for... At the people. Yeah, not reading the fine print. And trusting yeah. a celebrity with $51 million, a celebrity that is a comedian. And she herself and said she's not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that was her actual quote, was she said, turns out that studying acting at university doesn't make me a lawmaker. She's basically apologised. Um, the money is going to go to the New South Wales Fire Services, yeah. which is really good. 
so it's not like it's not like the money is being wasted. Like the New South Wales fire services were hit hugely yes. by the fires. Um, I think Nick that this is one of the very first stories that we've come to that I that you and I actually agree on. Oh really? Because yeah, yeah, I think that so many people. Um, I think so many people are, are outraged at this. They're angry at Celeste and they're angry at the Supreme Courts um, and they're angry at like the charities and all of these different um, bodies. And at the end of the day, I feel like this is just like, we should just give it a name. And this is just called the influencer tax. <laughs> like the, t- the tax is you are too lazy for the people that were too lazy to literally like, if you really want the money to go to the Victorian fire services, the CFA and stuff, which I, which uh, they obviously deserve money. Mm. It's so freaking easy yeah. to go on those websites and hit donate. And for the people that were so lazy that they only donated through a, through an Instagram influencer who is famous for taking funny photos. How can you possibly give your money and then be angry that it wasn't allocated the way that it said that it would like this person is not a business. It's not a charity. It's not an organization. It's literally just a funny woman. Yeah. And I don't feel, I don't feel like Celeste has done anything bad. She literally came into this with the right intentions and she's not a professional charity uh, organizer. She did. Okay. Like she, so let's be honest though. She did say that she would uh, get that money to victims of the fires, to families, to Victoria and to South Australia as well. She's not entirely without fault, but, but, uh, but, but I agree with to. you. No. And, and she yeah. did try to, but I, but she shouldn't have made those claims until she knew she absolutely could. She shouldn't have said those things before that. Cause people did donate thinking that they were doing that. But, but mm. you got to read the fine print. And and I think we've spoken about this. It's been a recurring theme in our podcast already is uh, celebrity doesn't mean authority. And there's a big yeah. difference between those two things. And, and it's one that we really struggle to separate as a society. And it's something that just, just, just use your brain for a second. Just use your brain for a second. If you're going to, cause everyone had the best intentions. It's really annoying. Yeah. It's, a, it's just mate. It's a shitty situation. And the people I feel the sorry for the most out of this are the people whose houses were burnt down and the people who lost lives and who lost family members who thought watching Celeste Barber on TV and watching this thing gain momentum that they could potentially receive some form of compensation out of it because that's who really loses. And they're the people Mm. that had already lost, which is the crappiest part of this whole story. I've got a question for you in all of this. Um, and I was kicking this around with my girlfriend earlier today. Uh, if Do you think it would have been better for Celeste to have created multiple charities or to just put the um, put the links for like the Victorian CFA and for wires and things like that and kind of disperse those funds from the beginning when what she would lose are the international newspaper headlines and uh, website headlines saying, this Australian celebrity is raising money because those headlines, like it's a rolling stone yeah. that got bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. And once it hit, cause she was originally asking for $30,000. Yes. She hit that in like an hour. Yeah. Once it was over a million and then five and then 10 and then 20 million, like it started making world news. And then it started getting like the donations were growing and yeah. growing. It's weird. And then it started attracting even more. So 
uh, do you think it would have been better for her to diversify and not get that media attention, but then potentially not get that many donations? Like she got, she would have got the attention of, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Lady Gaga and these people were donating. Katy Perry donated money. Weird, so, okay, weird side story here. Uh, and I'll answer your question mm-hmm. in a sec. But Kylie Jenner actually donated $200,000 to the Queensland Rural Fire Services uh, and it was uh, an unpublicized donation. So it's just weird. I know the Kardashians copy heap of shit. I just wanted to add that in. That like uh, they they do do a lot of good with their money as well at the same time that Mm. they don't want publicity for. To answer your question, it's really simple. Instead of having the charity allocate the money directly to the New South Wales Rural Fire Services, she could have just aligned it with any other charity and made a deal with that charity that they disperse the money across those different uh, those different places. Like right at the start, yeah. the entire thing could have happened the same way if she'd gone with a, a with a registered charity who have people that know how to disperse that. My mum uh, spent a lot of time working for a, a really big multinational charity, and I won't say the name of it. Um, but mm-hmm. during the Queensland fires, uh, sorry, the Queensland floods, which happened in 2013, I was blown away because. Literally, as soon as the flood started, they flew in consultants who who's, their sole job is going into uh, crisis situations and making sure that resources are allocated correctly. Like that's that these people exist. They're like movie. It's like something out of a movie where they literally just get flown around from natural disaster to natural disaster to civil war and ensure wow. that things, uh, resources and money are allocated to the correct areas. And they have expertise in that. Like you don't, uh, you don't expect a toddler to fix your car. You don't ask, un- you don't, you know, you don't ask a plumber to cut your hair. There are people that have expertise in this area. And Celeste Barber is that toddler. <laughs> I know it's a bad, is that what you're implying? Slightly. It's not a very nice, not a nice analogy. Well, like, yeah, look, it was $50 million. Yeah. It's a shame. It's not going to the right people. Okay. Story number two. Roxy Jasenko shames company for not paying her publicity company. Nick, have you seen this one? And what do you think? No, I haven't seen this one. I love the sagas of Roxy Jasenko. She's such a fame whore. I can't wait to hear this. So fill me in. <laughs> I finally got one that you haven't seen. Okay, so Roxy Jasenko, if you don't know who she is, she's basically like, she's a D-list Aussie celebrity. And she's also the owner of a uh, publicity company called Sweaty Betty. You might know her as she was the woman who was in the news uh, towards the end of last year after a poo jogger was repeatedly pooing on her work's doorstep. Yes. And um, and now she's in the news again because she's uploaded a photo into her Insta story, which P.S. she has 250 odd thousand followers yeah. on Instagram. Yes, yeah, she's so massive. a lot of people. Yeah, she's uploaded a photo in her Insta story naming and shaming a business for not paying her PR bills. And I think it raises a really interesting question of, is it morally okay for her to do that? Uh, well, I I don't know. Like you, do, like, you know who you're sleeping with. Like, if, you are, if you're not going to pay the bills to Roxy Jusenko... Mm that you must expect some sort of repercussion along these lines, whether I would do it. I like, I don't know. I'm not in that position. I mean, she's a ruthless and successful businesswoman. She's got a lot Mm -hmm. of, uh, in the past, she's had a lot of publicity around, uh, the way she's maybe treated interns or used interns to sort of farm out her work. I know my fiance jazz was a massive fan of hers for a long, long time. Uh, she also had a pilot last year come out, uh, that, 
that TV show went nowhere whatsoever, but a bit of like a... What did she want? It was like a reality... Yeah, it was a bit she of a Kardashian. A Kardashian. Yeah, it, was, it was somewhere along those lines. Yeah, I actually think so. I think, why not? Like, it, if you're not going to pay your bills and it's happened within an allocated amount of time, why not? Why not? What's What's the downside to this? Well, I mean, we're like it's coronavirus. Like it's we're living in 2020 at the moment. There are no, there are companies that are struggling to pay their bills, yeah. and she has a following of 250 thousand people. And if a company is struggling, like she is basically kicking a company while they're down. Do we know though? What do we do? We know that that is the reason that they haven't been paying their bills, and do we know that they've contacted know. her or or gone into any sort of negotiation with her in terms of uh, when they can pay those bills? Um, no, no, I don't know those details, and uh, those details weren't in the news article that I read. But I think what's interesting about this as well is like she has this, like she is wielding this sword. That is, she is in the public spotlight. Um, she is a PR professional, and I don't think that any other company, if you weren't paid, you'd be allowed to use whatever your service is to damage the company that didn't pay you. Like if you were a construction company Mm. and you didn't get paid, you can't legally go to somebody's house and be like, well, we're going to tear the house down then. And that that, uh, that, I guarantee you that threat has been made though. I guarantee you 100% that that threat, like in that exact example. Yeah, but you can't do it. Yeah, but so she's a PR company. Yeah, She has been paid to publicize a company. I don't know what the company is. It's remained unnamed um, in the news article that I was reading now. Mm. Um, She has built this company's PR and now she's turned around and she's gone, fuck you guys, and destroyed them to all of her followers. Is it fair for her to do that? Like if they're struggling financially, for her to be like, fine, fuck you. No, it is. Because, because, and again, like... What if she was just Karen from around the corner of the street that mm. had 27 followers on Instagram and she put this up? It wouldn't... It, why? Yeah, but she's not. Yeah. But she's not. Yeah, but it's the same vehicle. It's the same... It is the same vehicle. She's just got more people riding in the carriage. Like, that's not her... It's not her fault that she has 250,000 followers on Instagram. That's our fault. We have glamorized this person. And, and again, we are all following them. We can't control what she's going to do with that information. I guarantee you people Mm. are going to pay their bills when they go to Sweaty Betty PR. And I also guarantee you people are still going to go and use Sweaty Betty PR. I know I I get where you're coming from, but she didn't go to Channel 9 and Channel 9 didn't run a story. Like this is not traditional media. This is just a site that she has. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you one final twist in this story that I think is really interesting. There was one sentence. So I read this article. um, It was all over the place, but I read an article on news.com.au. Here we go. Uh, The quote is, it says, the 39-year-old businesswoman also provided news.com.au emails showing efforts to recoup the cash. And what I thought was really interesting about that sentence is not that there are emails that exist it's the fact that she has started working with news.com.au to create a story out of this. And I wonder whether or not she is using this to create, to generate her own publicity. Well, yeah, like she is. Yes. Because it's Roxy Jasenko. She created a TV show to generate her own publicity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. The other thing that I noticed is it's exactly six months. So the, the poo jogger thing happened in October, November last year. So it's been exactly six months. So if you were going to create, if, 
if you were putting together a PR campaign, you would go, okay, we want to be in the news every six months. And I just think it's really interesting that it's been exactly six months since that last thing magically happened and then went away, which the whole thing, the whole poo jogger thing, I found incredibly suspicious that somebody was doing such an outrageous thing to her and she went to the news instead of to the police. And now exactly six months later, another story has popped up that she is feeding into the news cycle. I feel like she's taking advantage of somebody who is down to generate her own publicity. So I think, oh, well, to- hold on. Okay, let's, let's, I think there's a bigger thing going on here and let's, okay. let's discuss this. You don't like her. No, I'm serious. You don't like her. You don't. You don't like her, and and you are projecting your own. Oh, okay. Your own sort of. You don't like you deep down, Tim. You do not like uh, the way she's acting. Roxy just saying yep. the way she's publicizing herself, and you don't like that kind of culture. Uh, and and yeah, I will well, agree. It's not. It's not my yeah. jam either. Uh, but at the same time, she hasn't done anything wrong. And, and, and I, and am I the audience she's pushing well, she's damaged? Yeah. Like, no, I don't give a shit what she does okay. to be perfectly honest, but we're, we're talking about her. Her job is PR. Part of being a famous PR company is generating PR and she is really, really good at doing it. She has done it yeah. again. And you're right every six months. But if you ran a PR business, you would have a PR strategy in place for your business. For your yeah, and you would be crazy not to. Yeah. And if you were a PR business, you should be doing that. So I guess okay. All right. <laughs> fine. Are you gonna apologize? No, I'm not gonna apologize. Apologize to think, Roxy. No, you're wrong. I'm not her. apologizing to Roxy, and I still think that the poo jogger thing was fake, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like, okay? Who has somebody poo you- who has someone poo on their doorstep, honestly? Do you need a hug? I, 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 in fairness, uh, it, oh, this is incriminating. But when I was in high school, there was a chick who who made some stuff up about me and did something really wrong. And I knew uh, she lived around the corner from me and maybe three or Don't. four times I peed in her mailbox. <laughs> so you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> wow. Were you the, are you the poo jogger? Are you the poo jogger? No, I'm a home you- viewer. I can't get there. But uh, look, I, I think the poo jogging thing probably happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't think we can top that. Are you ready? I think story number three? Yeah, I'm ready. Why did you pee in a mailbox? Because it's one of the most effective forms of punishment to someone without them knowing. You think about it. It's the exact, the slot is at the right height. You could put it in there. You were in high school? Yeah. Did you say you were in school? Yeah, yeah, high school. She wasn't even going to the mailbox. It would have been her mum or dad. Ah, well, they shouldn't have raised her that way. (laughs) (laughs) Story number three. Story number three, Uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison refuses to take a pay cut during COVID-19. Obviously, around the country, millions and millions of people have been moved onto JobSeeker. 3.5 million people are currently on JobKeeper or are being supported by JobKeeper. And um, political leaders around the world are taking pay cuts, including in New Zealand, where the entire ministry, the entire parliament has taken a 20% pay cut 
Um, Jacinda Ardern herself, the uh, NZ Prime Minister, has taken a 20% pay cut. But ScoMo says no mo. Nick, have you seen it? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this one's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, especially what considering that they have uh, pushed back the days that they'll be seating in Parliament. So take- I'm sure he is doing just as much work as he always has. Uh, but most well, more normally he's in Hawaii by now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think ScoMo has ever done this much work, and I'm not saying that as a dig. I'm saying that legitimately. No, no, and you, all the but yeah. but at the same time, Jacinta Ardern would be as well. There is a bunch of international yeah. leaders, as you said. I think the more concerning or confusing part of this story is that this news breaks in the exact same week uh, that it is starting to be leaked that they are going to look to ask public sector uh, workers take a pay cut. And that, to me, is unacceptable because I think if public sector workers are going to take a pay cut, uh, they're paid by the government, uh, mm-hmm. then that needs to trickle right up to the top, uh, which which would mean the, the Prime Minister and also sitting ministers. They are on a good wicket. It probably, I'd love to have a chat with you uh, after I get your thoughts on this about a different thing and ask you a question uh, around the Prime Minister and money and that type of stuff. But to me, it's a really easy no-brainer. He's already a very wealthy man. It would, and, and it's a great, again, Roxy Jasenko would be all over it. Great PR move for him to do that and take just a simple... Totally. Cut. So if you were, let's say you were Prime Minister right now, yep. what would you do? Oh, me on a personal level. If I was Prime Minister, and I yep. think, don't quote me, but Scott Morrison is worth about $36 million. Uh, he, I don't know what he's worth, but he earns $549,000 yeah, a year so put, at the moment. Put, and he's put that the- aside. I think he's worth, he's worth mm-hmm. at least 10. We haven't had a prime minister in Australia, uh, since before John Howard, who was worth less than $10 million. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be very easy for him to even suspend his wage. I would definitely say at least a 20% pay cut. Whatever I am asking public sector workers to take, I would also take. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting that he's refusing to take a pay cut. I I don't know what he is gaining from from being so steadfast about this. Like, I think that if you are a leader, um, which I, I mean, I don't think that Scott Morrison is a natural born leader. I think that the way that he handled the bushfires was really telling. And I think he's done quite well during the coronavirus yeah. stuff. But I don't think that he's a natural leader. Um I think that if you are a natural leader, then you would look at what is going on and you would say, I want to be in the same boat as the people who I'm driving through this. And there are so many millions of Australians who are experiencing financial hardship right now that like, even if he, like, if he took a 90% pay cut, he would still be in a comfortable position. If he took a a 50% pay cut, he would still probably be in the top very small percentile of um, earners in the country, but taking some form of pay cut would at least make him relatable. It would at least show, yeah, I'm in it. I'm in this with you guys. Um, so I don't know why he's holding, why, why he's fighting against it so hard. All it does is make him look bad. Yeah. And- Can you wrap your head around it? No, not really. I mean, they're a conservative government. They're one of the most conservative governments we've ever had. And it's a conservative party. Yeah. And he is, he is, part of the conservative core that runs that party so i mean from a capitalist point of view obviously he would feel that he hasn't as you said he if i was him i'd be saying well i've never worked harder uh Mm. why don't why don't i deserve to be paid which is the question but obviously that's not how we look at leaders or leadership and that's probably the bigger question um i think we can both agree we're both on the same page here it would be a really smart move for him to do it 
now well, I think he I would go one step further just by the way yeah like I think that what he is being given right now there are very few times in history that leaders get the opportunity to be uh, really immortalized in the history books like I don't even know how many prime ministers we've had. I could probably name like five or six of them. There, there would be... <laughs> That's how many we've had in the past decade. I think yeah. you can go further back than that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there would be dozens of prime ministers that are essentially forgotten about. There are a small handful of people who get immortalized in our history books. Yeah. And what Scott Morrison is being given right now is an opportunity to be one of those people because he's the person at the helm when Australia is going through one of its biggest challenges literally ever. And if I was the prime minister today, I would be the first sitting prime minister to refuse or, or to um, either donate my entire salary or refuse my salary for a year. I mean, if, if you said he's worth $30 million, what's $500,000 to him? Yeah. And I, like that would literally, it would make history. Um, oh, well, okay. I'm, would it? Because that's exactly what Donald Trump has done the entire time he's been president of America. No, no, no. He has donated one quarter of his salary. He donated $100,000. He said that he was going to donate all. He hasn't. But I'm just saying, um, like, that's the... What, this, is a, this is the bigger question, which, I, which at the, to circle back to the start of this conversation uh, okay. around So this, you had another question. Yeah, yeah. Is what is your thoughts on the prime minister being paid that amount of money, uh, being paid half a million dollars a year? Right. Um, I think that it's probably, I think that it's probably warranted. I think that it is, I think that if you do it correctly, it is, it should be one of the hardest jobs yeah. um, in the country. It should be one of the hardest and jobs. And do you understand and so, where that pricing comes from? No, I don't. I, that exact number, I don't know. No. Well, do you? Yeah. So essentially they've, well, that, that specific number, essentially they've come to that number in general because they want to compete. Uh, they want to be competitive essentially with CEOs of major companies. So uh -huh. their thought process is to lead Australia is obviously probably one of the hardest jobs to do in the country uh, and mm -hmm. one of the most emotionally demanding and the type of people they want to attract to that job or the type of people they want to attract into politics, they see that as being on par with a major CEO of a major firm. So that's where that money wow. comes from is they, they've gone, well, if we want to get people, it's just like any other job or any other job market. If we're trying to convince people to come across from the private sector into the public, we need to mm -hmm. reimburse them. Uh, along those lines. And that's why it's a half a million dollar job a year is because that's, which is low on the scales of major CEOs. If you go look at the bonuses paid to, um, you know, the, the head of Qantas last year, it's it's yeah. dramatically higher, but that's where that money comes from. And I, and I agree that that should be the amount. I, I firmly believe that they should be paid as high as they are. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with somebody earning that much money for leading the country, um, especially if they do it well and if they have to deal with the stresses that they're going through at the moment. Um, I think it's a missed opportunity for him not to cut that down. And I think, it, but, it, but it's also important, I think, we don't get to know everything about everyone. And it's just like with Kylie Jenner uh, donating that two hundred thousand dollars. You really love Kylie Jenner this I'm morning. I'm just don't you? no, but I'm just using it as an example. Is we don't know how yeah. much Scott Morrison does donate, and where we also have yeah, no, we have no right to know. And I'm sure he donates heavily to some places we don't necessarily 
think he should in terms of Hillsong and, and his like, religion. Like you and I personally. Yeah, you yeah. and I personally. But we don't get that right. As people, uh, every single human being on the planet is allowed to have their own private life and be in charge of their finances privately. So mm-hmm. he could well be donating his entire charity every single year. And, and and I dare say he donates a huge portion of it. And and the reality of that is probably because of tax. <laughs> um, so like there's the tax benefits of donating to, which is again, like a massive moral quagmire. But, you know, it, I, I know where you're coming from and I see the outrage uh, and I understand it. But at the same time, like that's that's not my biggest fish to fry at the moment. Like I do think he's doing a great job with the coronavirus stuff and uh, there's stuff that he's not doing a great job on uh, and that's political leaders in general. Uh, but but either way, I think he will be remembered as we all are going to remember this period in the history of the world because it's yeah. freaking outrageous. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so weird to think that we're living through history right now. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get to tell our grandkids about how we survived. Um, <laughs> and how we got toilet. Well, okay. New rule. We're all going to leave out the toilet paper part. Okay. If you're yeah, listening to this, mentioned- nobody mentioned the toilet part. That shit was just It was crazy. People were running around. They were pooing on people's doorsteps. There was nowhere to go. Nick had to. Pe- Nick was peeing in a letterbox for a month. You didn't even need toilet paper for that. Oh, all right good. i think that's a that's another episode of off air thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us um if you want to get in touch with us or you've got any ideas for future episodes or things like that we would love to hear from you hit us up um yeah i Could, really just do, you do it in the comments pages. yeah i don't know call tim do you want do you want his mobile number i'll read it out have my uh, personal uh, <laughs> 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 uh, i feel like we've can i just say i feel like we've gotten yeah. really deep the past two weeks let's next week let's shake it up and have some fun what do you want? I don't know. Give me a bit more Kardashians, to be honest. A bit more Kylie. Uh... <laughs> do you want a bonus story? I've got a bonus story. You want a quick bonus story? No, I'm I, I'm fine. I'm all good. I've I, I've enjoyed it. I just feel like we've been very deep. I'd, I I, I want to talk about ethical porn next week. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the the headline of one story that didn't make the cut right. this week. Are you ready? Yep. Hit me. Okay. Sex workers say reverse cowgirl position prevents spread of coronavirus. See, where was that? Where was that kind of gear? I want to know. Was maybe the Russian ballerina would help? What? What? What, what about the slippery nipple or the bang? So the, the Bangladesh bang. How come those positions get overlooked? What is that? <laughs> apparently, the sex workers have been hit very hard. They've been trying to get back to work, and they have made a rule saying that if they do doggy style and reverse cowgirl, then faces are far enough apart that there is a very low chance of catching coronavirus and that they should be allowed to go back to work. They're saying that they are um, the same as like a hairdresser um, and less at risk than a dentist. Also, what the fuck was a Bangladesh what? (laughs) (laughs) Let's look, you can Google it later. Um, I have nothing on that. Go for it. Go for it. I'm out. (laughs) That's the end. Goodbye.